We've got to answer the bell. Now let's go. Caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Godwin scores the first of 2021. What a drive by Tom Brady of the Buccaneers. Brought to you by Frontier Communications. Do what cable can't with Frontier Fiber Optic Internet. Visit Frontier.com to learn more. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. It's time for Buccaneers Total Access, and I'm so excited to be joined by none other than inside linebacker Devin White. Devin, thanks for being with me. No doubt. Always anything for you. You know, I, I appreciate that. You're, you're number one. Number one in the fans' hearts, number one in my heart. All right, we, uh, we got to break down this game a little bit, and man, as much as the outcome wasn't what we wanted, the defense, you guys, you guys balled out in this game. Um, but first of all, why, why does it feel like the Saints just have our number at this point? Oh, I just feel like, you know, it's more of a rival game, and I feel like they uh, they pin their ears back and they get out there. It's pretty good, and I think, you know, uh, as far as the defense, that's the type of effort that we want to bring to the game as well. We try to bring our own intensity and not match it, you know, make their offense match us, and I think it got to be on the, be that way on both sides of the ball, but they do a great job in scheming and knowing uh, what's not comfortable, what we're not comfortable with as a, a team, and they try to uh, exploit those uh, opportunities. Yeah, and what was the message from either B.A. or some of the leaders on the team after the game? Uh, the thing was, man, you got to eat it. You got to eat it. You know, if you dwell on it, it can be a domino effect. You know, you got three more regular season games, and you don't want to let that one bad game spill into the rest because you think things bad because you lost that one. Imagine if you lose consecutive games, and now you're putting yourself out the, you know, a good position for the playoffs. Yeah, and I know that it was one of those hat and T-shirt games is kind of what Bruce calls it. Uh, but now basically any game is, is the hat for you guys. You just need one more win for it to be considered a hat and T-shirt game. Does that, knowing those things about the clinching of the division, does that kind of put an enhanced um, bit of urgency on it for you guys or change how it feels at all? No, I think the thing is, you know, you want to win a division in front of your own fans at your own hometown. But at the end of the day, winning the division anywhere is just important. But I think for me, it's not so much about winning the division. I think that take care of itself. It's just winning every game in front of you, and you got to take them one at a time. I know there was a point in the third quarter when you guys had held the Saints to just seven first downs, and they were only two of eight on third down. Uh, they only got 14 yards in the whole third quarter. What do you think this game overall said about your defense and what you guys are capable of? I think, uh, you know, we picking up where we left off at the end of the season when we was very dominant. We had a lot of our players. We still kind of shuffling around with players. You know, you got players coming back. You got players leaving. And that's something that we can't control, you know. So we can control we control. And the thing is about, you know, going into the postseason, you want to have your identity. And I think our identity is, you know, playing through the whistle, having a lot of energy and swagger on the field and just man when your number get caught on make the play and speaking of some uh, some energy and swagger on the field first of all Snoop Dogg was at the game and earlier before the game I got to interview him and I asked him to pick one guy on each side of the ball that needed to have a crazy game and he picked you yeah. so I would love to hear for you if if young Devin could know <laughs> that Snoop Dogg one day would be coming to watch him play and picking him as like the player to watch on defense, what that would have been like. I mean, that's pretty dope, man. He's a legend. He's someone, you know, in the music industry, everybody grew up listening to, you know, he's the OG. But uh, even though he got a football background, you know, he got his own little league team. 
Man, that's just that's dope. I couldn't, uh, you know, words don't describe, you know, how good of a feeling it is for somebody of that caliber to know who I am and know how I play the game. But that's also speaks a lot from, you know, the work that I put in, just knowing that it's showing all over the league, all over the world. When people turn on the books, they watch 45. And I mean, I'm just thankful for the opportunity and the opportunity to put myself in a position to be known to people like Snoop Dogg. We're talking inside linebacker Devin White. And so do you feel like you've gotten uh, more famous since the Super Bowl in general? Where, where, where are you at now in terms of people knowing you? We see Snoop knows you. Yeah. You, you, you famous now? You a big deal now? Uh, I think the playoff run, you know, coming back from the COVID and having the games I had against uh, the Saints, the um, Packers, and then the Chiefs, I think that did take my fame level up. And then it also brought attention to my horse awareness. Yeah. Everybody started to gravitate towards that because it was so different in the normal NFL typical NFL guy that's not something that you see an NFL guy loving and with me it's really true and passionate so that kind of took me a another notch as well but oh man I kind of like it like the fame from it you know because a lot of people pay attention to my game more and I think I'm a uh, I think I'm a bright spot I think I'm up and coming and still learning uh at the position so I think I can only get better but sometimes it get annoying because you got a lot of people that you know they mad that I ain't on I'm not on their team so they kind (laughs) of hate on me a little bit but I I mean I take it all with a grain of salt that's one thing that's why I'm so happy that I'm not really into social media I'm more of uh, at the born type of person because you know that can kind of distract you yeah yeah that's so true have you had any like crazy either other like celebrity interactions because of it or even just fan interactions once you got more famous I mean I just say just just a lot of people in general like the top people in the NFL oh uh people that retire saying like man I, I watched your game I love how you played I think that's kind of like that's that's kind of what you look for in a player like obviously because you know people who did it at a high level they respect the up-and-coming young person that's doing it at a high level so man just to see that what I'm doing is paying off it's just a huge blessing do you like getting to be kind of the unique guy with the horse thing is that something that you enjoy that you have that thing that sets you apart yeah I mean at the end of the day like I'm not the typical a hey, NFL guy in the club flashy this 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 so I, I think that sets me apart and uh, I like doing my own thing and that's why uh, I'm, it's comfortable. It's comfortable for me, and I and I really enjoy it. And I really respect it. And I'm not knocking nobody who does anything else outside of football. But it's what I grew up doing, and it's what I'm able to continue doing. Thankfully, that I play in Tampa, where it's warm, and I ain't got to worry about like my buddy Ed Oliver in um, Buffalo, and it's cold. He don't take his horses up there. So, yeah. You know, I'm still in my comfort zone. So I, I really appreciate Tampa for having great weather. That's awesome. And you got a, uh, a whole new home recently, too, yeah. a place for your horses. Tell, tell me about that. Oh, uh, man, I'm actually in the process of moving right now. The move is at the house. Uh, I got a new house, and I did a lot of renovating because I didn't like the way it looked. So I took a house and transformed it into something that I like. And it's the first time because, you know, my first house I bought, it was already did. I didn't get to pick nothing out. So, I mean, I'm really excited, more excited that I got land and privacy and I could just go out there and just be at peace. Tell me some unique Devon touches you put on it. Oh, uh, I did a lot of gold scented, uh, you know, fixtures. You know, I like gold. I feel like gold just is a feeling of a champion, Ooh. you know. Uh, so I did a lot of gold and I did a lot of white just to brighten the place up a lot. So got a lot of white marble in the house. Look at you. You're so fancy now. I uh, 
So for, for this game, I know your, your guy is, is Levante, you yeah. know, your, your, your big bro on the team here, and he just crushed it. I know it was so sad to have him go down uh, with an injury, but, man, what a game he was having uh, before that point. 11 tackles, a sack, forced fumble, some tackles for loss. What was working so well for him in that game? I say just um, just overall just seeing the formations and just knowing that he could take a shot. You know, that's one thing that we always preach on during the uh, – during the practice week is just taking a shot and if we got such a great D line they're gonna give us the opportunity just gotta go uh you know thank those guys like you know Vita holding the center Levante running front side getting a TFL you know you gotta take advantage of what they doing for us so I think that was the main thing is not letting the opportunity slip and how about you how would you say your game was Oh, I feel like I had a great game. Mm -hmm. uh, I only got the rush one time, and Vita got stuck in my gap. So uh, that that was and that. And when he's stuck in a gap, there's not I a lot know. of room to work with so there. So that was that. But I feel like I played solid. I feel like I had great communication. I feel like I had great energy. You know, that's one thing that I try to provide for the team, for the defense. Uh, just be that energy bug and just let everybody feed off my passion and stuff. But I had a couple of TFLs. I had some tackles. And, you know, I feel like I did great in coverage, man. Jordan White bailed me out on one of them. We was in a man-to-man. -man. I look back for the ball early. He killed the tight end. So, I mean, it's just an overall great team uh, performance. But, you know, we let two big passes that was so, like, you know, it was technique issue get out of uh, whack on us. And that's how they got their six points. Other than that, man, I'm so proud of the defense. And I just feel like we can just keep um, just keep going from here because not everybody's going to shut us out. And, if we can keep holding teams to six points, nine points, you know, no touchdowns, I feel like it's a great uh, it's a great spot to be in going into the postseason. Yeah, and the only unfortunate part about the spot to be in now is all these injuries. I mean, it's like you guys can just not catch a break when it comes to that. First, it was all the defensive stuff all season, and then now in this game to lose Chris, Mike, and Leonard all in one game, uh, that's that's a heck of a blow to the offense. So what was it like to be on the defensive side of things watching what was going on with the offensive guys and losing so many of them? Um, yeah, like you said, it's a tough blow. But at the end of the day, man, I just I, I hate for anybody to get hurt in this game. You know, I know the game is a part of injuries, but, you know, we do a lot throughout the offseason during the season to put ourselves on the line, put our bodies on the line to go make plays and, you know, be a professional football player. So when a person go down, it's always devastating, whether it's a big injury or a small injury, you know, but at the end of the day, man, that's why one reason why you got to stay prayed up. You got to, you know, have that intact with yourself. And man, I just pray for those guys that, you know, they can come back, you know, and be as healthy as possible in due time. You know, everybody's injury different, but Man, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. I just like, why us? You know, why yeah. us? You know, we got a lot of great things going here. But at the end of the day, you know, I feel like God gives the toughest battle to his toughest soldiers. And I feel like we got a lot of tough soldiers. And I feel like we got a lot of great leadership. And, you know, we'll find a way. You know, however it is, we're going to find who needs to be in the game, who can we trust. And we're going to plug them in and they're going to be able to make plays for us. So that's kind of the only that's the, that's the only thing I can see coming from this is just uh, having guys step up, giving new guys opportunity, you know, and uh, you just got to trust in him, got to trust in the man above. Yeah, and I know that in particular, Leonard Fournette's your, your guy. You guys go way back, your fellow LSU guy, and I would love to hear what you had thought of his season so far, getting a chance to watch him. I mean, A, have his breakout moments all the way back to last season, you know, leading to the playoffs and the Super Bowl, and then this year to be the main guy and contributing in so many different ways, both in the run and pass game. And it was, you know, it's crazy to hear as Mike and Chris and Leonard all go down and they're saying, oh, the top three pass catchers <laughs> I know, right? are down for the Buccaneers. So uh, what's it been like to watch him have this emergence? Oh, man, I think he's overdue. 
you know, with the caliber player that he is. But I, I feel like uh, it came at the right time. You know, I feel like last year was a season of uh, just remembering, like, you know, remembering who he was and knowing, uh, accepting his new role on his new team with a lot of great other players and just having to be a team guy, not having to be the sole guy, the guy that we got to depend on for every play, you know, to make every play for us because we got so many guys that can do that, you know, and I feel like coming into this season, he knew that he knew his role. He knew he would just be the guy. If they need me to rush for 100, I'm going to rush for 100. They need me to catch. 10 passes, I'm going to catch 10 passes. They need me to go in there and block on third down. That's what I'm going to do. And I feel like he got rewarded more. You know, he having more breakout games, and he was playing at a Pro Bowl level, you know, because if you look at uh, how Kamara, Alvin Kamara, his stats, Leonard was having those similar stats, you know. But, um, man, I'm just proud of him, man. He got a great head on his shoulders, and uh, I enjoy playing with him, coming to work, smiling in the locker room. He's a character <laughs> that I can say he, he joke all day. So, just to see him go down, but also to see him do so many great things for us, that was, that's a blessing to see because, I mean, in the day you pray for your brother's success just as much as you do yours because, I mean, it just, it just mean the world to you being around somebody so long. But at the end of the day, man, I think um, – you know, he's going to be all right. He's going to be all right, and that's the only thing that uh, made me smile. All right. Well, we have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with inside linebacker Devin White, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. I am joined by inside linebacker Devin White. And right before the break, you brought up that you thought Leonard Fournette was a Pro Bowl caliber player. And someone else that we all believe is a Pro Bowl caliber player would be you. And, uh, you know, the Pro Bowl voting, we're going to find out pretty soon here who all's going. We've already heard that Brady was one of the few surprise uh, announcements that they made ahead of time. But I would love to hear how it would – what it would mean to you if you got to hear that you had made the Pro Bowl. Um – I think it'll mean a lot to me to hear that I made the Pro Bowl just because um, ever since I came in the NFL, I feel like I've been very consistent with my um, with my stats, with my play on the field. Just I think uh, I've also been a reflection of my defense. I haven't been on a bad defense since I entered the NFL. We always led in some categories, if not more than others. So I think that's the number one thing. And I, and I think uh, I got great players behind me, so that'll just, uh, just show just a, a – just the all our work, you know, because I can't, I feel like you can't do it by yourself. So uh, that's kind of the only thing that I hate about the Pro Bowl is you got to single somebody out. But I mean, I feel like I, I bring it every Sunday, you know, I put my best foot forward, whether, you know, it's getting tackles or getting TFLs, couple pass deflections, whatever coach need me to do, I always do it. And I think just, you know, as far as the legacy that I want, I know I have to have Pro Bowls on that because I just don't want to be a guy that play. oh, he got a ring his second year and just fall off the earth. I want to be a guy that's very consistent in those categories as far as Pro Bowl, all pro. And I know it's a lot of work I got to do on my end, but that's something I'm willing to do because I enjoy coming to work every day. You know, if you come watch us practice, you'll be able to see that I'm out there flying around having fun. So Sundays, it just be an easy day to me, be a walk in the park. You know, but I got to uh, make sure I got 10 guys along and we all playing at that Pro Bowl standard. But like I said, it would be a great feeling. Yeah. and But I don't want to play in the Pro Bowl. Let's get that oh, right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I of mean, course. obviously I would love to be nominated. Honor. But I would love to have an alternate go play for me because I want to be in the Super in Bowl. In the Super Bowl. Because it's just become a standard now. Like, you know, you win one, you know, you get greedy for two. So, I mean, that's the thing with me. Yeah. And, you know, I think people always wonder once a team wins it, 
if there's going to be a lack of hunger the next year. And I can tell, and I've known, of course, the whole time that that is not the case for you and not the case for this team. Try to explain to people who aren't around the team and aren't at the building what the vibe has been this year for you guys of what you would say to people who would wonder if you guys weren't going to have the same hunger this year. Yeah, I mean, I think the vibe has been very great. You know, we, we've grown more of a family, even more than last year, because we up here, you know, around each other. Like, even though we got rules and regulation, you know, we kind of got our own rules here where we're trying to be, uh, we're trying to be a lot more safer, not going out in public, mm -hmm. not doing nothing when mm -hmm. we go in the city. So that's meaning we're spending more time together, yeah. playing more cards in the locker room, mm -hmm. just just being under one another. And I think that's been a, a great help, you know, the offensive side mingling with the defensive side and nobody, you know, is separate. You know, anybody can come to anybody. Anybody can, you know, be around anybody. And that's from the uh, the uh, practice squad guy to the starting guy. And I think that's been the key the key thing around here. But just far as just being hungry for another one, everybody knows it's a goal. And, and if you're not all hands on deck to obtain that goal, then you won't be around here long. So I think that's the number one thing. You know you got a bunch of guys in the locker room that want the same thing. Yeah, and you mentioned how you have an idea of a legacy that you want. What all does that include? You said you, you don't want it to just be the one Super Bowl and then that's yeah. it. So what would the, the legacy of Devin White be that you'd want? Oh, man, I think um, when you look at my career, like, bro, it's, I just want to be just, like I said, consistent. Like, I want to be a player that they was like, oh, pro bowler from a year ago, all pro from a year ago. Like, it's just a consistent theme. But I also want to be a guy that helps his team uh, fight for Super Bowl champions every year. Like when it's all said and done because when I first came in before we even had this souped up offense with Tom Brady and Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette, it was always, you know, defense winning championships. And if I come in with that mindset, we can keep getting to the postseason. We can keep putting ourselves in position to win because we're building it around great defense. And that's what a lot of people kind of take away from us, you know, when you watch us play because we have all those high-powered guys on offense that they, they can play some good ball on defense. Like this year has just been a struggle of staying healthy, having your guys out there. But as we're getting closer to the end, we're starting to find that niche. And they're going to see what I mean when I say defense winning championships because we're going to start shutting people down, you know, holding them to under – 14 points, just getting the ball back for our offense, and we're going to be rolling. So, I mean, that's that's what my career look like. Oh, that's why I hope it look like I, I'm going to put in the work for it to look like that, just a guy who's a consistent pro bowler, all pro, and a guy who's always uh, in the middle of a team that's in a playoff uh, run. We're talking inside linebacker Devin White, and I know that you do your part to get everybody as hype as you are. Everybody can. I think that you've already shown us why you are the guy that gives the pregame speech so often. I feel like you're almost given one right here on yeah. this radio show. You're so good at getting everybody hyped. So first of all, when have you always been that guy that's done that on, on different teams you were on? Um, I mean, yeah, I just always been the guy like you got to be a lead by example guy. So I, so like, you got to be a guy that you trust yourself. If you go in front of these men and say something, you got to be able to back it up. And I like putting that pressure on myself. I think that's where it mostly comes from. I just like putting that pressure on myself because I know I got to back it up. And anytime you know my back against the wall, I'm a scratch and claw, and I'm gonna find my way out of there. And I think that's kind of how I get myself going before the game. Even though I know I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna try to dominate, but that kind of set the tempo. Like, all right, I just talked all this stuff in front of my brothers. Now I gotta go out there and lead by example. So, do you pre-plan any of your pregame speeches, or is it just in the moment, whatever comes out? 
Uh, sometimes I try to go like um get listeners like some type of inspirational video from like Inky Johnson or Ray Lewis or Eric Thomas, and then I kind of just piggyback off that. And then some games I just like I just wing it like I just kind of go off the vibe like the vibe I'm getting from the team or the opposing team that we playing, and I kind of just kind of just stick to that type of topic. But man, most of the time like I don't write nothing down. <laughs> I just kind of hear some like. Oh, today I heard about, like today this morning I listened to Courage. So when I get in the, the huddle, that's what I'm going to kind of lean towards and it's going to just flow. Like, you know, I might start with Courage, like, you know, you got to have the Courage, you woo 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 and then it'll flow into just me talking. So, like, I, I don't really pre-plan it, but sometimes I kind of get a little help from some other people. I like that. How do you feel like you have grown since your rookie year on and off the field? Uh, I'm going to start with off the field. You know, I just feel like uh, i become more of a man. You know, when I came into the NFL, I'm probably was, I'm 23 now. I was 20. Jeez. So, yeah, like I was 20 years now old. Now you're an old man. I, I mean, know. I ain't really old, but I feel like I matured a lot. You know, I feel like I learned how to handle my business, you know, off the field just as far as just being a, a, a greater human being, you know, being a person who the community community can look forward to having around because I'm, you know, I'm such a, I got a great soul, I love helping, and I kind of found my niche to help, you know, now I'm working with foster kids, and I feel like that's my calling, and that's something that my heart, you know, truly care about, and just um, taking care of my body and stuff off the field, I think it became more of an emphasis, you know, me and Levante, you know, we was talking, he was like, man, it's something I want you to, you know, realize early that you can, um, you can gain yourself a long, longer career if you start doing these things now. You put a plan in place. So I just ask a lot of questions from a lot of guys who are doing different things, and I kind of find out what works for me and that, and what keeps me going. And man, just off the field, I feel like I'm growing even closer with my family. You know, a lot of people always say, you know, when you get money, people around you start to change, you change. But I feel like I've been so solid in my foundation that that's been the complete opposite. You know, everybody's still the same. Everybody. Uh, principles and morals are still based off family first and not money or what we could do for one another. So that's what I'm solely happy about off the field. But on the field, I just feel like each year I just take a step to become a better player. And I know like the ceiling is very high for myself, you know, because I got a tremendous amount of talent. Like God bless me. And I always never want to take that for granted. That's why I work as hard as I do, because I'm like, I can add, I can add to my game. Like I know I'm I'm world speed class fast, but what else can I do? Like, so I think that's the thing about on the field that I feel like I took to a new level. I'm always trying to find ways to improve my game, man. No, I'm not the uh, iron sharpest, you know, yet, but one day I will be, and then it'll just keep getting better and keep getting better. It's still crazy to realize you were 20 when you came in the league. What do you think is the hardest part of that, of when you look back at that now, of what you're asked to do, what you're given, that whole situation of being thrust into the limelight as a first-round pick at that young of an age? I say the only thing, just the hardest part about me coming into the league at a young age being a high draft pick was just making the plays that I felt like I should be making because I was drafted so high. Mm. You know, I, I wanted to make those plays. I wanted to show I was worthy of that pick, and I probably wanted that a little too bad than just coming down and just playing football and just letting it come natural. I think that was the only problem that I had, but like, did it harm me? No. You know, I feel like I was still able to have a great rookie season. You know, I missed three games or what. So 
almost finished with 100 tackles, had some sacks, splash plays. I, I, I feel like I was, that was an eye-opener for myself, and that was an eye-opener for everybody upstairs to let them know that they had their guy. So I think just the only thing was not trying to overdo it, not trying to just prove to everybody, like, hey, I'm worth this pick. Just kind of let it come natural. When did you – when were you able to break free of that thought? When did you realize that that was something that was kind of controlling the way you played and that you didn't have to live up to some imaginary expectation? I'm going to say after I came from my, uh, my injury, when I came back from my injury, it was always like, you know, when I was injured, it was like, dang, I got to catch up with Nick Bosa. He doing this, he mm. doing this. I want to win that award. Like, I want to be that person. Like, I want to win that Defensive Rookie of the Year award, you know, for the Bucks. I want to show them that they picked the best, you know, defensive player in the draft. Like, it was just all those thoughts. But then when I came back, it was like, man, just calm down, play your game, have fun, focus on winning. You know, when I think when I made winning the only thing, I think nothing else matter. And when I came back from injury, that's all that I ever talked to anybody in the locker room. Like, man, what we got to do to win? What can we be better Can we so we can win? What I got to do to help the defense do this so we can win? It was always about winning. And to this day, it's still about winning. Like, I know I go out and have good stats, but if we don't win the game, I'm still frustrated. When we played Washington, I had 18 tackles, two sacks. I never talked about it with nobody because it didn't matter because we didn't win. You know, so I think that's that's the thing. Like, I, I care about winning more than anything. And that kind of, like, separated myself from the younger me want to live up the expectations. Now, I create my expectations for myself, but it's all about winning. Yeah, and I, I was wondering how maybe Coach Bowles has helped influence your game or even also the off the field, who you are. What are some of the things that you've learned from Coach Bowles since being here? Oh, I just learned, man, just true overall, man, just being a student of the game. You know, I think that's the um, that's the number one thing that I get from Coach Bowles is just talking ball with him. He always telling me, you know, how he see the game, how he call the game. So if I can think in a, de in a defensive coordinator's perspective, I could be a really great middle linebacker because I, I know what they throwing at us. I know how they want to attack us. So I think that's the that's the number one thing is just, you know, challenging myself to be an inner bowl, like kind of pick his brain apart. And I think just that that back and forth dialogue between me and Coach Bowles helps my play tremendously. It's a, it allows me to play a little bit faster than the next man because I kind of know what's being thrown at us and I kind of know what's being asked of us. What does his scheme do for inside linebackers in particular or you individually? Well, his, well if you want to be real, his scheme is a safety generated scheme. You know, because he was once a safety. <laughs> yeah, amazing how that and works. And he let those guys do a lot. But at the end of the day, you know, um, his scheme is all about who can, who got the hot hand. So if I'm rushing and I'm doing a great job, he's going to keep calling my number. If Winfield coming off the edge and he's doing a great job, he's going to keep calling his number. But I think the, uh, the number one thing that I like playing in his defensive scheme is the run game. We always gapped out or he allow his front to two gap and allow me and Levante to play off those guys and go make plays. So I think that's probably the best thing. Where do you guys think you're at in terms of uh, the quality of your ability to enact his, his scheme? Has that continued to improve or just where you guys are at in the uh, being 100% of the defense yeah. you could be? Oh, uh, no, nah, we are we far away from being uh, the 100% of the defense, but I feel like just our our ability in his scheme allows him to be very versatile. You know, he can interchange everybody. You know, um, like last year, just for instance, when we played Green Bay, we was blitzing um, DBs, and me and Levante was doing their normal drops. And you go look at anybody else's scheme around the NFL, you won't have linebackers taking safety drops. 
So I think just the uh, the ability for us to be interchangeable on the defense because of our our athletic ability is I think that's very unique. But also you got to have a defensive coordinator who can who can notice those things and who's not scared to put players in that position just to give a quarterback a different type of look. So that's why I think Bowles kind of separates himself. At, all right, we have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with inside linebacker Devin White, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. We are back here on Buccaneers Total Access with inside linebacker Devin White, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. Uh, we talked earlier about all the injuries. We talked a little bit on the offensive side, but what was it like to be sort of the captain, the vocal leader out there on the defense when there were so many of your guys going down and so many new people having to step up that it's easy to say next man up, but that's a lot harder to actually do than just say. Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of makes my role more, um, shoot, I think it makes it more amazing just by how you could take a bunch of guys who's not normally in and you can kind of just talk to them so much and kind of just just applied in their head that they really think like hey i'm up to speed when they're not i think that's something that i try to do just like when sharon come in like it's you try to have that same energy same mindset with him to make him feel like he's been here for a minute and that allow him to be even more comfortable mm -hmm. i think that's the thing that I, I got a great niche for doing is like leaving no man behind yeah. and, and i'm really proud of myself for that that's something that i always said like you know you treat the janitor in the building like you'll treat the owner in the building. That's, and I take that approach with the new players on the team. Yeah, you ain't been here with me for two years. Don't mean that I can't treat you like how I treat um, Jordan Whitehead, me and him close buddies. You can be my close buddy as well. Just because we work together, like why not? Why, why do we not You know, mm -hmm. need to be this close? And I think that's the approach that I take with anybody that come in the building, especially going to play defense. And when Sherm came in, uh, what was your reaction to that? I'm sure you'd watched him play yeah. you know, growing up. Oh man, I, I was uh, I was excited to get a guy like Sherman, man. I think the number one thing for me is just learning from guys who are Hall of Fame type of guys and just kind of picking their brain and seeing like what things they did throughout their career to help them be as great as they've been in their career. And I think that was the number one thing uh, with get Sherman is we didn't really have vet leadership. Like, I ain't gonna say we didn't have vet leadership because all those guys are great leaders that's in there, but they all so young, they haven't been around the game as long as a guy like Sherm. So when he came in, it was more talking, more communication, you know, trying to get him on page and, you know, even helping us out with different practice schemes. Like, hey, let's start working on this in practice. I think this will help us in our drops. And we've been better zone drop team since he came when before, you know, it was a little shaky, but, you know, we got it done. But now it's even better. Like, if you go watch the game, we play zone, we were executing at a high level. And a lot of that is to come off Sherm. He's been a, a zone type of scheme all his career, and it's worked for him. So he's a magician at it. And um, I think that's the number one thing, you know, just being able to pick his brain. Speaking of someone to pick their brain, I know it's on the other side of the ball, but if you got Tom Brady on your team, it seems like that's a, that's a pretty big benefit uh, for you as a young player. What are the biggest ways you feel like he has influenced you or that you've watched, learned, grown from just having him around? I think the um, the biggest thing that I, I get from Tom, just, you know, being the, the defensive side um, quarterback, is situation. You know, knowing how to um, – put my team in great in great uh, spots to make plays because, you know, a lot of people don't know, like, sometimes their headset go out. 
and you know it's all on my hands on what call I'm gonna put us in and you know how do I see them attacking us and that kind of come from him as well because I talked to him and for some odd reason whatever teams we go against he knows a lot about their offense as well so I can't I'm imagine like, why after 20 I know, years. I know. You know, so it's like, hey, what you think? Um, you know, what you think would be a good defense against these guys if they start going hairy up? So I'm able to pick his brain and just see what he's thinking because he 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 know exactly how to attack us. Mm-hmm. He know what type of personnel other teams have. So he'll be like, hey, hey, I know this team play like this. They're gonna do this. So I think that's the that's the main way that I benefited from him. And you know, he don't shy away from the opportunity of helping me help my defense. That's because you know it helps them in the long run. Yeah, of course. Um, I, and I love that you're asking the other side of the, of the ball for, for tips, too, that you're like, anywhere I can get advice, I'm doing it. And how about, I know another guy that in terms of just looking up to and, and doing things the right way, you know, Mike Evans gets nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, and he breaks the franchise touchdown record this year, which is, I mean, that's a stat that a lot of people yeah. thought was going to stand for a really long time. So what have you learned about what he's meant to this franchise and just how he conducts himself on and off the field yeah I mean just man I mean his 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 life speaks for itself you know just knowing his background watching his story you know watch you know the upbringing you know he man it's just he's just different and I think the number one thing that set Mike apart from anybody in the NFL man he he got a heart for giving and when you and when you come from nothing but you so willing to give everything that speaks a lot about your character man i looked at his paper and seen what he gave the staff and if i say the number it, like you would probably be surprised you wouldn't be surprised but to me i'm like dang bro like you serious <laughs> but obviously man he's been blessed so much where he he loved blessing others even for the holidays you know what he do for the team offense and defense it is Man, you just don't see it coming. You know, you just a guy in his nature. He got his own family to worry about, but he's always, man, been a helping hand. You know, even when I come in the NFL, it's like I'm first round pick. If you need anything, holler at me. You know, anything from financial to just need somebody to talk to, need somebody house to come eat at. You know, holler at me, and and that's been him. So, man, I, I just I'm never surprised when I see something good happening from him off the field because it's what he do. You know, it's coming to him. But anything on the field, man, he's been a beast. You know, since he was at Texas, Texas and him, even when he was in high school, you know, he always showed me his basketball highlights. You know, he always in the locker room. You know, just you know, sitting in the corner watching UC, US, uh, USL, whatever he be watching, the little fighting stuff over there in the corner with his headphones on. Like you go over there, you like, yeah, man, I do this. He'll show you. But I mean, I think nobody is more deserving. You know, he should be a all. He should probably like. In my eyes, he wanted the all-time bucks, like his career still going. But just to see what he's been able to accomplish, it's just, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. That is incredible. And another guy, ridiculous career. Because, of course, at this point on this team, there's so many, like we could go I on know. forever. But uh, Gronk, I mean, man, he, I just feel like also every week, between he and Brady, there's some new record being broken every five minutes. What has it been like to play alongside Gronk and to even have to go against him in some training camp practices and stuff and to know that you're getting to face one of the best, if not the best, tight ends of all time? Yeah, I'm going to say he's he's the best. He's the best all time. I think his career defines that, even though he's still going. But you know, just to see, um, you know, I take training camp just for us to compete. I, man, he solely helped me be more patient with my game, you know, and my uh, man-to-man. Like, I never really get to cover the tight ends because Levante go get them. 
you know, and I go get the running back. I, I always want to take the speedster, you know, the underneath speedster. And Tay always want to take the tight end because he's been doing it forever. But in the training camp, we was being versatile. We were just doing it. And they run a lot of 12 personnel, so sometimes I had to hold a tight end just because of the personnel they was running. But he's been a guy that, you know, helped me take my game to a next level just by going against him at practice. And obviously, you're not going to have to go against too many grunks, a bigger body. You know, uh, not much speed. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to say he's the speedster out there, but he's a great technique guy with a guy throwing him the ball that can throw him open. Even if you cover him, he can throw him open. So it's been great having him around here, man. He's a laid-back, chill guy. I don't see why when he hangs his cleats up again that he, that he won't be doing something that involves acting because he, he's got the personality and he shows it every day he coming to work. And like he's always telling me, man, I enjoy coming to work. I enjoy being around y'all. And that's just to let you know, like when I said the offense talks to the defense, like I could tell you a lot about Grunk because we be in the sauna together. We we talk when he in there stretching and I'm playing cards, you know, getting ready for practice. So he's a great guy, man. I'm glad that I got the opportunity to play with him. Like some guys or a lot of people that you get to work with, you're not going to take them for granted. Yeah, we're talking inside linebacker Devin White. And I know that there's you talked about his personality, the fact that he's such a good actor. There's the Tommy and Gronky show. There's also the horsing around with Devin show. Yeah. Which one is better? Uh, I'm going to say that the horsing around with Devin show Shocking. is better. Shocking. I'm shocked you But I'm going to tell you why. Because they show, they just be laid back chilling. We actually putting work in on my show. You got to <laughs> actually come and compete on my show. That's true. You don't just come on and just tell your favorite things or get to learn about the person. Yeah. They got to actually you learn about the person. You compete with the person. And, you know what I'm saying, they try to win that uh, sheriff badge on my show. So I'm going to say mine's better. But I understand, you know, you got two guys with gro with uh, gray beards sitting down just talking. <laughs> They're not doing much. So, yeah, That's true. Better. Yeah, the old men, we got to give yeah. them something more chill. Okay, so who's been your favorite guest on Horsing Around with Devin? Um, I ain't going to say I got a favorite guest. Mm. But each one of my guests, I only had three episodes. And each one of my guests was, un was unique. I'm going to say Levante was really unique because I kind of knew a lot what he was going to say just because I know him so well and he actually won on my show so I'm gonna say Hills was unique because of that uh Leonard Fournette was probably the funniest <laughs> because he just all over the place he's a character he's a clown but I love him to death so I'm gonna say he has been the funniest and the most competitive was me and Antoine Mm. So uh, everybody got their own traits. I can't set one apart. Yes, that's fair. And are you? Did I hear you talked about how Gronk? He, you're sure he'll do some acting or something? Is that? Do you have interest in things like that? Because you you got a fair amount yeah. of personality yourself. I mean, I said I, I even tweeted. I said when the season, I mean when the cleats uh, go up, I want to be in front of a camera. I just want to do something. I want to let my personality shine. You know, I don't know what it'd be. I might could be on ESPN talking. I could be on Sports Center or something, or I could be playing a role in the movie. I don't know. But I want to do something, man. I just, I enjoy life. I, don't, I can't never see myself just not doing anything. You know, I want to do something productive. I want to still be involved, but I don't want to be a coach. You, you, why, why are you so anti-coaching? They put in a lot of work that I'm not willing to put in <laughs> for somebody else to go make the plays. I want them to put in the work and give me the information let me go make the play because <laughs> it's a whole lot different. That does know? sound more fun. Yeah, it's way funner. So, um, yeah, I can see myself doing something, but that's a long time from now. Oh, Maybe yeah. year three, I got at least 12 more to go. So oh, oh snap. Time. Yeah, that's a long time. Well, okay, so if you were going to be an actor, what kind of role would you want to play? Um, I just, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. Are we going to be a superhero? Are we going to be in a, in a in a romantic comedy? Are we going to be? I'm going to be in a comedy for sure. Okay. I'm going because I because I'm going to do a lot of smiling. I'm going to do a lot of laughing. So I know <laughs> I'm going to be in a comedy for sure. It can't it can't be to, too serious. I need to do something with Kevin Hart. Oh my gosh, yeah. I would pay good money to see that. That would be incredible. And then, would you rather have a boot deal or a sneaker deal? You put me in a hard spot. I am. I'm asking the tough questions here. That's what this would is I rather for. have a boot deal or a sneaker deal? Can it be my own sneaker? It would be your own boot or your own sneaker, both. Either Each of them, they're your own thing. Nah, okay, so I'm going to say in the, I'd rather have a boot deal because in the, in the line of boots, there's not a lot of high, high people that you have to compete with. Rather, if I get into the sneaker deal, I got to deal with Micah Jordan, Kanye West. I got to deal with all those type of yeah, people. Yeah, you got some big name people. So I'd rather deal with the, I'd rather go against George Strait. George Strait, <laughs> I'm going against you. <laughs> so you got the Devin Weiss and the George Straits. Who are you picking? Oh, uh, yeah. I think that yours probably is going to have a little bit more swag to it, more I'm swag guessing. To it. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm going to be very hands on in, cre- in creating the boot. I love this idea. I think also maybe next year for My Cause, My Cleats, should there be a My Cause, My Boots? Oh, that'd be dope, and I'll wear them to the game. We can get some custom boots for that? I can definitely get custom boots, but that'd be dope. I like this idea. I think that I want to get in on this action for next year. Um, And then you, didn't you give some of your teammates sneakers for Christmas? Yes, I gave the defense sneakers for Christmas. I wanted to do the whole team, but I was a little late on getting my shipment in from Mm. Jordan because it was like, I wasn't really thinking about it at the time, but then Christmas rolled so fast, and I wanted to get everybody the uh, Jordan 11, but like, other Jordan athletes had did it, so the, the stock had kind of went down, so I just had to do what I could do. But next year, I'm going to be all alone. I think that's going to be my gift every year is just get everybody a pair of J's because it ain't nothing like Jordan. Oh, yeah. No one's going to not want that. Yeah. Are you? Would you say you're one of the best gift givers on the team? No. No. Who are the best gift givers then? I would say it's only one best gift giver, and that's Mike Evans. Oh. Nobody can compete with Mike Evans. Wow. Like from giving food trucks for us to eat after victory, Sundays on a victory Monday, having you know to come up here and eat, and Christmas time he do he does a great job with he gives the whole team something nice. Last year he did some very expensive Ferragamo slides, Ooh. and he also gave his position room plus Devin White um, <laughs> PS5. Wow, how did you sneak in as an honorary wide receiver? I mean, I'm I'm like his little little bro. So it's like, hey, you get, you got yeah, me right, You got to hook me up. You got me. And he's like, oh, I got you, bro. Uh, here, yeah, here, yeah. Here's yours right here. That's I'm going to put it in your locker. Great. So he's a great guy. like you know. And I got a real genuine relationship with him, not just about his giving, just about you know how great he is on the field. Me just want to you know, be around a person that's, you know, that's like that, you know, that's like that, like me. So I, I so that's, he's the number one guy. But Levante did, did give a great gift last year, but it was his first time doing something, so I can't just put him as the best. He gave all the defense Louis Vuitton earbuds. Ooh. So that was very expensive. Yeah, that's a good gift right there. Okay, we have a few more minutes left here with inside linebacker Devin White, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access with inside linebacker Devin White, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. Um, do you have any holiday traditions that are your favorite? I mean, now you guys are going to be traveling on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, um, I really don't have holiday um, traditions. I mean, I just know, uh, but the only thing in my family, we used to open one present at midnight. Oh, if cool. we was awake, to, uh, if we was awake, because, you know, I'm an early sleeper. <laughs> 
but we used to always wake everybody else everybody else in the house to uh, open the just see the best present that you see like so i always go for the biggest box oh, even course. though it probably wasn't the best present <laughs> but i think that's the tradition but obviously you know i didn't even put a christmas tree up this year because i'm in the transition of moving houses and when i move in tomorrow and christmas will be here friday so that's kind of wasting my time of putting a tree up but I think I think that's the um, that's that's the number one tradition that I have. I know some position rooms they make uh, their rookies decorate the, yeah. for the the position rooms. Did you make uh, Grant and KJ do that? Nah, I'm so close in age with them that I don't even <laughs> feel like I don't feel like they vet. You know, even though I'm they vet, so I don't really say nothing to them for snacks or you know nothing like. You don't like, do the rookie duties. Nah, I just I let Tate. And Kevin Miller do it, and I like only thing I just tell him what I want for the uh, plane for his food wise. Other than that, like I don't ask him to get snacks, I don't ask him to do nothing because I feel like I'm kind of still in that same role, even though I'm not. Like that's yeah. they role. So I think so. I no, I really don't. But um, but other than that, I think um. No, nah, th- we're doing Secret Santa, and I think that's good enough. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. All right, well, how about now? You're going to have to play the Panthers twice in three weeks. Always a little bit weird when that happens on the schedule. So what is unique about that whenever you're going to be playing a team twice so close together like that? How does that affect maybe your, your desires for game planning, what you want to show or not show, or just how that affects the way you, you guys make decisions on the defensive side of the ball? Oh. Um. I don't know. I just feel like you kind of have that car. You kind of know what they're going to do. So it's, it's less studying once you get them down pat. One time is more reacting. I think that's the uh, thing as far as defense. Like, obviously, you can't tra- cha- change your traits that fast because you ain't finna learn a whole new offense or nothing. So I think uh, going after we study them for the first game, it'll be easy going into the last game of the season because we're so familiar with it. But it only makes sense if we get a win. We got to get a win. Yeah. And what do you know? I, I know we're early in the week in terms of game planning, and it's you're still kind of looking back to yesterday before you're starting on the new stuff. But um, what do you know about their offense and how uh, it's it's a can be a pretty different look than it might be as, as compared to the last couple years you guys have faced them? Oh, man, you know, obviously they got new personnel. They got new uh, players. So, I mean, you never know what to expect. So, right now, going into the game, I honestly don't know what to expect. I don't know if, like, they don't have Chris McCaffrey, so I don't know if they're leaning on another running back right now because I usually just, I don't really watch around the league. You know, you hear of who's balling. Mm-hmm. So, right now, the running back I know that's carrying his team is Jonathan Taylor. Right. Like, I can tell you that. Like, other than that, like, you don't really know. So, I mean, it'll be, a, it'll be a lot of studying this week for myself to get myself familiar with them. But also, we, do, we got a great staff upstairs that comes down on Wednesday with great information. So what are the things you do like to study about a team? What are the things in the film room or that you really want to know that will help you? Oh, I just want to um, see if they give anything away in their run game because it, we always say it start with the guys up front, you know, the front seven, I'm included. It's just stopping the run. If we stop the run, that's the way we're going to be able to tee off on them in the pass game. So I think the number one thing is just looking for tendency, looking at the top run uh, formations. You know, like last week, our biggest thing was we gave up 100 yards to Josh Allen. Nobody finna get 100 on us for the rest of the season. We're going to lock in more, and if we got to do extra film study, whatever we got to do, we're going to do. We did it. 
I think they ran the ball 30 times for 64 yards, if I'm correct. Maybe a little less, maybe a little <laughs> more. I don't know, but they're just to tell you, like, when we focus in on something, we make it our business to come to up, and we did. And so what do you feel like now as you guys are closing out December and, and starting to look towards to trying to make another playoff run? What did you learn from last year's playoff run that makes you feel more equipped for this year? I think the thing is you just got to be prepared for anything. You got to be prepared for anybody going down. You got to be prepared for it. Anything with an offense, everybody's going to try to pull hats and tricks. You know, they're going to try to pull everything and throw everything at you just so they can get you off balance. They're going to try to sneak a play here and there. And I think going in, man, you just you just got to be the team that uh, that thrive off turnovers. I think that was our main that was our main mindset last year was to continue to get the offense the ball back and get them short field positions so they can score and we can win games. So then finally, biggest goals for the defense in these last three regular season games? Uh, I say uh, the biggest goals is keeping each team, well, keeping both the teams under 100 yards rushing and coming up with more turnovers. Turnovers are always the clutch thing. All right, well, Devin, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome, and I uh, hope you have a great Christmas and good luck this next week. All right, thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy Holland New Year. Happy Holland New Year. I love it. All right, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Total Access with inside linebacker Devin White, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network.